Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max right here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN to Courtney Cronin. Harry Douglas sitting in for the guys on this Monday morning. The NBA Finals are set. The Boston Celtics will face the Golden State Warriors beginning with Game 1 on Thursday. They get there by beating the Miami Heat 100-96, to a game that, as you heard there in the rejoin, Harry, they almost gave away at the end. Playing with their food, which they have been known to do throughout this entire Eastern Conference Finals. But they escape on a night where Jimmy Butler was once again the hero for this Miami Heat team. Played every single minute on that hobbled knee. Dropped 35 points, 9 boards. Had that wild shot at the end of the game, which we will certainly be getting into here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. If you want to join the conversation at any point this morning, the number to get in, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So I want to start with the Miami side of things here and thinking about that late 11-0 run that they went on and all that Jimmy Butler did that went so well for this Miami Heat team in the first... Up until like the last 16 seconds of this game, almost able to get to the point where they're forcing overtime. Do you blame him for his shot selection after he grabs that defensive board and then misses the wide open shot? Do you do you blame him for taking the shot that he did? I don't because it was a wide open look and I felt like Jimmy had been lights out at this point. Everything had gone right until that very moment. I don't blame Jimmy Butler at all. When I when I look at this in totality, I look at Jimmy Butler, what he's meant for this Miami Heat team, especially um, throughout the season, throughout this playoffs. Your best player not only took the last shot, but got the rebound, brought the ball up the court, and he was going for the kill shot. And Jimmy Butler, who played 48 minutes in that game, and you see the game previous to that, he had 47 points. He gave this team and this organization everything that he had. He emptied the tank. Right, He left nothing on that basketball floor, and that's all you can ask of of your best player, to be example, be an example. right? Put all the marbles in one basket and don't have any regrets when you walk off that court. Now, the shot that he shot was a wide-open three. Basically, in my eyes, a warm-up shot. He just happened mm-hmm. to miss it. So I do not regret Jimmy Butler for that moment. Plus, if that game would have went overtime, um, I almost tweeted this at one point, but Miami came back. But I, I, I almost tweeted, Miami doesn't have enough in the tank. And with that mindset, I love the three-pointer that Jimmy Butler took because if they would have went up one, all the pressure would have been on the Boston Celtics. But I kept saying throughout this game, Courtney, this one thing. Damn, can a Miami Heat get Jimmy Butler some help? I know. Please. I feel like we've been saying that the entire postseason, though, especially in this series where – Tyler Hero was playing through a groin injury. He's a late addition at the end. Like we, I didn't think he was going to play on Sunday night, given what we had heard about the groin injury, why he didn't play in game six. They were talking about he's doing everything humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And then late on Sunday afternoon, we find out he is going to warm up with the intention to play. So he's going to play. 
they get nothing out of him in seven minutes. And that, to me, shows that they just couldn't push that. He couldn't push it. Yep. But P.J. Tucker on oh. giant goose egg oh. in game seven. And on top of that, the backcourt for the Miami Heat once again reverts to form. I mean, Kyle Lowry, 15 points in 39 minutes, seven rebounds and three assists. Like That's not an awful stat line for him. At this point of his career, dealing with a hamstring injury, too, I was okay with that. Max Struess, what are you doing? Like, that to me, like the shot selection for Max Struess, seven three-point attempts, only made two of them, just like poor shooting selection from from the floor. And I just, I feel really bad for Jimmy Butler in this sense because the argument has always been throughout this postseason, he's not, he can't do it, he's not, I don't think a lot of people want to throw him in top 10 category just yet, and I don't think that's fair, but he can get it done on a championship team if he has help. It's the same thing as like the Luka conversation here. Jimmy Butler is a superstar. He's played lights out this entire series and playing through injury as well puts him in a situation now where if they get him help this offseason, if they go and try to find a Donovan Mitchell, maybe even a Zach Levine, a secondary scorer that can lift some of that offensive burden off of Jimmy Butler – they're in a far better position to be able to succeed going into the 2022-23 season. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We're going to go into that late game three. I watched Jimmy kind of keep his hand up. He thought it was going in. Mm. The extra hang time there lets you believe it as well. Here's Jimmy Butler on what his thought process was on that late game three. My thought process was go for the win, which I did. Um, missed a shot, but... uh I'm taking that shot. Uh, my teammates like the shot that I took, so I'm living with it. That was Jimmy Butler on his late game three that did not go in, and the Boston Celtics end up running away with a 196 win over the Miami Heat. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. So I I like what he said there because, like you had mentioned, that's going for the kill shot. Yep. That's go. That's playing for the win. Yep where a team like Boston at the end was playing not to lose. I like the Jimmy Butler mentality that he had in that moment because this is who he's been throughout his entire career. This is somebody who had the exact same sort of ability to lift his team, to get them into the finals when they were in the bubble in 2020. He's done it at other points of his career, whether he was with the Bulls, whether he was with Philly, and you know Minnesota too, and, and now – I feel like we can shift this thing forward in thinking about everything that Jimmy Butler meant to this Heat team this season, but also how they need to really do right by him and find him some help this offseason. So the next time that they're in this situation, it's not going to come down to Jimmy Butler on one leg trying to will this team into the finals. And I think it's only right that we mention Jimmy Butler and highlight his great playoff run that he just had, right? Mm-hmm. Atlanta Hawks, he averaged 30 and a half points per game. Versus the Sixers, 27 and a half. And then you get to the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, he averaged 25. He did everything that he was supposed to do. And if he had, like we mentioned earlier, if he had a tiny bit of help, this game could have ended up differently. But I'm not going to sit up here and I'm not going to question a guy that I know I'm going to live and die with. Mm -hmm. In every capacity of the game of basketball, when we're on the floor, when we lace it up and that they throw that ball up in the air and there's a jump ball, I'm not questioning Jimmy Butler because I know his mindset. And like you mentioned, the Boston Celtics 
kept their foot off of the gas pedal. Yeah. Those, and the Miami Heat didn't die. They were still there. Those six possessions that they had at the end of the game, including five missed shots from Marcus Smart, show me that this Boston team, they need to figure out how to close out games in ways where it doesn't come down to potentially like the last couple possessions because that's exactly what happened for them the other night when Miami was able to force game seven, and it nearly cost them their trip to the NBA Finals. Now, with the stage set and them playing the Golden State Warriors, this is the matchup Golden State definitely did not want to draw. They would have wanted to face Miami. I think it's fair to say Boston is the more talented team. Correct. And that's the rhetoric that we've heard around this group this entire postseason, especially in this series. That doesn't take away, though, from the talent that you get from someone like Jimmy Butler. Like, we're going to give him his roses because of what he did. I mean, I saw... You know, when I saw his stat line, when I woke up this morning, I had to realize he played 48 minutes. He played every (laughs) single possession of basketball. And you remember the thing of him in the bubble when they had those, um, it's like behind the baseline where he's like slumped over over it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I'm thinking of. But this guy gave it his all. And it's not his fault that everything around him fell apart. And I don't want to completely blame injuries, but this team, there's a difference between being injured and a team playing hurt. Say it again, Courtney, for the people in the back that didn't hear you. A difference between playing injured Mm -hmm. like the Heat are and playing hurt like Marcus Smart and Robert Williams are. The Celtics have that on their side, and they're fortunate now. I mean, they kind of shot themselves in the foot and not giving themselves five days of rest by closing out the Miami Heat in game six when they had every opportunity to. But now they're in a spot where they've got, what, three days before they have to play on Thursday? And for a team that is hurt and just being able to kind of like pain management their way through that, they're going to be in a far better position than I think the Miami Heat would have been had they reached the level of being able to play the Golden State Warriors come Thursday. I agree. I just noticed something, Courtney. What's that? I noticed your Boston Celtics nails. I did not even realize this until I started like seeing myself in in program right now. This was not intentional. Look at Courtney. I know we have some Philly people in our control room right now. I'm very sorry about that. (laughs) Um, I'm big into neons. My friend Kim Martin, our ESPN NFL insider. Lies, 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 and more lies. (laughs) Um, It's the one who got me to turn me on to that. But yeah, I did not realize this. So yeah, for everybody who can see it uh, on camera right now, I guess that... I guess I willed the Boston Celtics to do something that they almost didn't do on their own, which Facts. is their fault and not ours. That's straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Straight ahead, we're going to switch gears to the other side of that Game 7 matchup, talking about our confidence in the Boston Celtics coming out of the Eastern Conference Finals. We're back in one minute. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas with you on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, also known as Coach Harry. So you, you're you a busy man right now. Yes. You do ESPN radio. You're filling in on TV shows on the network. But I find out the other day you are part of the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship, which is something I think that is an incredible opportunity for a lot of former players, people who have been in the scouting world and want to get into the coaching side of things. And you're working now with your former team, the Atlanta Falcons. Like, yes. will you? What? So I, I saw you have like play sheets with you that you're like <laughs> studying in the break. Like, do you go from here all the way back down to Flowery Branch and like go to practice and OTAs this week? Yes. So <laughs> as soon as I get back, um, that and I have like meetings because I'm on the advisory board to pick the next athletic director for uh, Louisville. So between that. Uh, the coaching thing, and then the media that I'm doing here, and I do a little local media as well back home. So okay. I'm always busy. Okay, so like, how's the coaching thing work in terms of like? So I know you obviously played wide receiver for a yep. long time in the NFL between a number of different teams, mm-hmm. and Arthur Smith was your offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Is so that right? Here's the funny thing: Arthur Smith, when I got to Tennessee, um, was an assistant coach. Okay. He was helping out with the tight ends. Our head coach at the time, Ken Winston Hunt, got fired. Um, um, Mike Malarkey got the head coaching job. Arthur Smith became right. the tight ends coach. That's right. But me and him, we developed a great relationship while I was there. And um, great minds think alike. So we think mm-hmm. a lot, think alike on a lot of things. And he's given me that opportunity. Him, Terry Fontenot, Arthur Blank, um, Rich McKay, president of Atlanta Falcons. So um, I'm thankful for it, and I take it seriously. Is that something you think you want to go into? A long time from now. Long time from now. So you're going to do the media thing for a while till you get sick of us here at ESPN Radio, <laughs> and then you're going to go into coaching. What's harder, ESPN radio, doing radio shows, waking up at 4 in the morning for this, or working with receivers? I think coaching might be harder. I um, can imagine. Just because, you know, you're dealing with a lot, a lot of different personalities, so you mm-hmm. have to approach everyone differently. Um, understand that... The game isn't the way it was when I played it, so you can't really harp on so much. Hey, we used to do things this way. Yeah, uh, you have to innovate continuously. That's one of the things Arthur Blank t- talks about in his book, right? So he wrote a book. Yeah, he did. So do you wear that. a tie when you coach? Do I wear a tie when I coach? <laughs> <laughs> every now and then, if you stay ready, Project Pat, you don't have to get ready, baby. I'm ready for everything, Pat. Everything I'm ready for. Why'd you wear a tie today? It's a casual look. Courtney, yeah, you get the look. Is, right? is it a clip-on or is it like no, a no, it's tie-dye? No, it's, it's, okay. I don't know how to tie ties, though. But I don't either. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I get a tie for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, Coach Harry. Um, we might be breaking down that play sheet. I want to take a look at that uh, in the break. No, Courtney, you can't soon. look at I'm going to go sheet. steal You'll that from fired. you. Here. <laughs> I'm not trying to get Coach Harry fired. I'm just trying to do a radio show. G-Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. They lost at home in game six. Had to come south to South Florida for game seven. Got out to a big lead. Butler the rebound with 20 seconds to go. Shot clock is off. He's going for the lead of three. Missed it. You know, to get over this hump in the fashion that we did it, obviously we took the toughest route possible. And then to win a game seven to go to the championship on the road is special. Some people just can't do things the easy way. The Boston Celtics led the Miami Heat throughout the entirety of game seven. And then with 124 to go, when they had a 98-89 lead, they decided, hey, let's just mess around here and see if the, like we can let the Heat come back in and create some more late-night drama on this Sunday night. They end up escaping with a 196 win to send themselves into the NBA Finals, but they nearly didn't get there. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. ESPN to Courtney Crone and Harry Douglas kicking it with you on this early Monday morning. Keyshawn J. Will and Max It's brought to you by CSX. Move your career forward at CSX, CSX.com slash careers. I'm frustrated with the way that they played down the stretch. And I know that some of this has to do with the fatigue that this team is currently dealing with Harry. And I think that that's going to be a big part of what happens to them in the next round against the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. It's probably the reason that the Warriors, by and large, are favored there because they've had rest. They are not as they're not as hurt. Remember, we talked about the difference between being injured like the Miami Heat and, and playing hurt yep. like the Boston Celtics. But back-to-back seven-game series and the mental fatigue that that is wearing now on the Boston Celtics put them in a spot last night where they nearly blew that game I don't feel sorry for them because I think that that's something that with age maturity and the fact that they had been in this situation in the conference finals in 2018 you shouldn't put yourself back in this situation again all these years later they should know better but man they were lucky they were at that's all I got to say about them late in the game. They were absolutely lucky to hold on. Well, that's the reason why you know they had that uh, a little leprechaun running around <laughs> everywhere in Boston is because sometimes it's better it's better to be lucky um, than anything else. And I'll tell you this: if they were playing a team like the Golden State Warriors last night in the game seven, they would have lost that ball game. Absolutely, because when you're up in game sevens, you have to put your keep your foot on the gas and you got to deliver the knockout punch. It's not it's just not what they did. They got casual. Um, the offense wasn't fluid like it was early in the game. They did a great job, I thought, in the game last night of getting transition points, right? Transition points and attacking early in the shot clock, not letting the Miami defense set up and get those steals and creating transition for uh, themselves. So I think that, I thought they did a great job of that. But against the Golden State Warriors, when you have a team up, you have to bury them. We've seen against the Dallas Mavericks, the Mavericks were up 19 points. Next thing you know, that's actually a game I fell asleep on, Courtney. The Mavericks was up 19 points. Next thing you know, I woke up. And, and the they Golden blew State that 19-point lead. won the game. <laughs> they shoot the basketball extremely too well. Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Wiggins. You woke uh, up to Kevon Porter. Looney being a hero. Exactly. As one does. So when you have a chance to bury your opponent, you have to do it. You have to choke him out. I, I, Mike Smith, my head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, he said, when you got him down, you try to choke him out. 
You choke them out and you, you, you like this. You choke them out. You got to bury them. You can't, you can't lead teams, uh, daylight for teams. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, a 19, 20-point lead is basically like a 9 and 10-point lead in the NBA today. Yeah, I don't, well. I don't disagree. And, I mean, here's the thing that, like, I am trying to wrap my head around. When, they, when the Heat go on that 11-0 run at the end of the game, and, and Jimmy <laughs> Butler opts, like, not to drive on Al Horford, and he takes the three that we just talked about, you know, the shot selection. Like, I don't think it was a bad shot. I think Jimmy I – want, I want the ball in Jimmy Butler's hands there at the end of the 100%. game. 100%. Is it a is it more of a factor that Boston escaped this game, or that Miami lost it? Like, how do you when you look at this when you're going to remember Game Seven mm-hmm. and the way that this thing played out? Do you give, I guess, like which side do you fall on there? Like Boston, like barely scraping by here, or you know, I guess any th- sort of fault with Miami? Well, I'm gonna look at it from the Boston's ang- the Boston's angle because in this entire se- series they were the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, and saying that, I just think when it came to a game seven, they had the better offensive players, and that's actually what showed up last night as well because Jimmy yeah. Butler didn't have the the help besides Bam out of Bayou, but Bam has only been a show in one other game in this series as well. Yeah, in game so three. So when you look at the overview and the overhaul of the series, the Boston Celtics, everything said it was it was for them to win this series, and they did, and sometimes you have to scrape pies. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes – you may have to play two series of Game 7, right? The conference semifinals against the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending uh, NBA Finals champions. And then you go against Jimmy Butler, number one seed in the Eastern Conference this year, and it goes to seven games. Sometimes it's like that. But do they have enough in the tank for the Golden State Warriors? Because one thing I know about the Golden State Warriors, they're not going to let, let you relax defensively. Even though I do believe this is going to be the best defensive team that the Warriors face in the playoffs. Yeah. But the ball movement and the way Steph Curry and Klay Thompson run off screens and they're constantly moving. You always tell shooters today, you want to learn how to move without the basketball, watch Reggie Miller, watch Ray Allen, and watch the Golden State Warriors because they do a damn good job of that. I think the promising thing for me is seeing the cut down on turnovers for Tatum and Brown was, last night. That, like When I big. think about this Celtics team and where they're headed now, they can't play the way that they did in earlier parts of this series where – Jalen Brown might be putting up 40 points, but he's turning the ball over seven times. I mean, those things negate each other at the end. And when you see Tatum dropping 26, he only in 10, he had double double, 26 and 10. He only turned the ball over twice, which, you know, I'm talking about like only turned huge. the ball over twice. But that's, that's huge, huge for him huge. because that's huge. been the bugaboo for this team that they haven't been able to overcome. Like their ball security issues, Ime Udoka has talked about it. Like that's just been such a bad it's just bad basketball like at that point and same thing with Jalen Brown too 24 and 6 he turned the ball over four times there can we just talk about Marcus Smart though yeah what happened there in the final like the final six possessions and he misses five shots there like what are you doing well like that to me like I understand you're the point guard of this team like you have to get back on the defensive end Jimmy Butler's trying to you know snatch your soul there in the final few moments. <laughs> I like but how you put it, snatch your soul. It's just like I, I I called him a liability in those moments. Like Ooh. Marcus Smart to me was an absolute liability in the final moments of the game when he missed those five shots. But I say this. A lot of people look look at those shots and say, why is he shooting that basketball? Well, I'm going to turn it to the other side. There were times where Jason Tatum was getting doubled. And Jason Tatum was making the right pass, and Marcus Smart is wide open shooting those shots. Yeah. If he just hits one or two of them, the game is probably done. But he missed it. 
But I would rather have a guy shooting wide open shots than a guy shooting a contested shot. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Who do you like in the NBA Finals and why? We'll answer that next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN two. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot The Warriors are back in the finals after a two-year absence. It's been since 2011 for the Boston Celtics, and these two teams will clash in the 2022 finals, which begins this Thursday. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and streaming live on ESPN2. Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas, kicking it with you on this Monday morning. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Phone lines are open, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who do you like in this matchup between the Celtics and the Warriors? And You know, I think, Harry, about this Celtics team that has really been surging since mid-January. So much of that has to do with Jason Tatum's growth. And that team, I believe the stat was not losing back-to-back games where he had played since January uh, until the the point of where, where they get to the finals. His ascent, Marcus Smart's toughness on the defensive end, his impact. I mean, they had a tough trek through the Eastern Conference this year. And, you know, it sets them up in a position where they're facing a Warriors team that, as we mentioned there in the Sports Center update, they came in and they come into this series as the favorites, three-point favorites uh, from Caesars. But I remember when you and I were doing a show last week, and this was right as Game 5 was wrapping up, and the Celtics and the Heat hadn't even played Game 6 yet. And Vegas was already going ahead and giving the Warriors props <laughs> and, and saying that they were the favorites. And that irritated me because I'm like, we still potentially have two more games here in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, and we did end up seeing that come all the way through. But I do not think, any, and anybody who thinks this is going to be a cakewalk for the Golden State Warriors no. because they have a championship pedigree, they have their big three remaining, they've done this before, they're less injured than the Boston Celtics. I, I think that that's just putting a little bit too much of the cart before the horse because 
no team will give the Warriors problems defensively <laughs> like the Boston Celtics. You want to match Marcus Smart up on Steph Curry? We already know what happens when that happens. Al Horford and Draymond Green, depending upon like how those two draw a matchup on each other, that's one I'm really excited to see. But this is by no stretch going to be an easy series for the Golden State Warriors. I, I'm i projecting this out right now. I think it goes seven again. Oh, I would love to see that. And for the Golden State Warriors, I think this is the worst matchup. If you had to choose between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, just because the simple fact of you have the size and the length of the Boston Celtics and the way they defend and how committed they are, not just your top five guys that start, but every single guy, one through 15, and the mindset mm-hmm. of your head coach, Ime Adoka, who we got to give a lot of credit to, first-year head coach. And can I, can I bring this up really quick? The, that organization, understanding that Brad Stevens probably needs to be in the front office yeah. and bringing Andy Mayadoka and mentally challenging his team, not just to be physically better than people, but mentally, right? Dig down deep because this team was in a disarray halfway through the year. But they figured it out. They all came together. It was, it was a thing of beauty to hear Al Horford talk about it last night. But when you look at this matchup, the way the Boston Celtics defend can pose problems for the Golden State Warriors. The only, I think the crossover to that is that the Golden State Warriors and their ball movement and the way they run off screens, the Boston Celtics have to be locked in 24-7. You can't have mental breakdowns. And for me, when you look at this matchup, Steph Curry, you can't be playing with the basketball. Can't be at the top dribbling, just playing with it. Make a decision and go uh, swing the basketball, get other guys involved. But the airspace, the way the Boston Celtics like to take away your airspace, and we know if you give Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, any airspace, they're going to knock down threes, not just from anywhere on the court, but any time during a basketball game. So that's going to be important in this matchup. And the thing with Steph Curry, he's never been the best player individually for the Warriors every trip that they've made to the finals, and that's the big question about he's well, never just won. Just one time. I think the, first, the, first, the year they won it. But, he, nev- but he never he didn't get the MVP. He's never won an MVP. That right. was Andre Iguodala's year, and he's had some clunkers in those in these series. So, like, that is something that's going to be a big storyline to follow going into to this uh, postseason, this uh, NBA finals for them because, you know, he's almost played, like, below his own standard. And, I mean, he doesn't have to be – he doesn't need to be Jimmy Butler every single no. night because he's got Clay Thompson around him. He's got Draymond Green. And, like, we've talked about the core that makes up this team now versus when they've played in previous finals. You have Kevon Looney. You've got Otto Porter Jr. They're probably going to get Gary Payton the second back here. At Which some point, huge. we don't talk he about that enough. Like he, the guy fractured his elbow a month ago, but he's going to probably be end up being back in the lineup here at some point. And I think that that's huge um, for for this team. And you know, outside of that, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, I think back to like what this team did in game five. In game five, but you know, before that, like the entire series with the Dallas Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals, they you know what they have to do. They had to guard. They had to figure out a way to limit Luka Doncic. And they didn't use Draymond Green as the primary defender on Luka. They threw so many different looks at him with, you know, whether it was Looney, whether it was Andrew Wiggins, what have you, a combination of those two and others, which makes me then think about, how is this this team going to use that exact same approach for Jason Tatum this time around? Is it going to be Draymond Green on him primarily as a defender, or are they going to try to do the same thing that they did with Doncic because – 
you know, if Tatum, let's say it's like Andrew Wiggins, if he gets him in foul trouble, Draymond Green would be like the only logical candidate that you would pull out of the hat there to, to be the primary defender on Tatum. But gosh, like, I feel like they can follow the same sort of recipe that they used before to try to game plan for the Celtics' best player. I'll say this. Here's the difference in this series, I think. When you, you have a guy like a Jason Tatum, who's, mm-hmm. what, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, lengthy, can shoot over a lot of people, and you've seen that in the ball game last night when Gabe Vincent was in the game and Kyle Lowry, right? They tried to take advantage of that matchup and the size advantage that Jason Tatum normally has over smaller guards. I also seen it in the last regular season game they played against the Brooklyn Nets, where when it came down to crunch time, Jason Tatum, they, they, they developed a pick and roll. Jason Tatum got matched up on Patty Mills, mm-hmm. and he was just shooting over the top of him. Now, my concern with the Golden State Warriors is when you have Jordan Poole and Steph Curry in the game, now you can put either one of those guys in the pick and roll and create that matchup, and now Jason Tatum can take advantage of it and shoot over the top. It's a, it's a bit more difficult when you only have Steph Curry out there, but when you have two guys that can possibly be a liability size-wise uh, with a guy like Jason Tatum, who I think is one of the, the better one-on-one players and having the ability to shoot over uh, smaller defenders in the league, that's when it poses problems because we've seen Jordan Poole try to guard um, my guy from, from Memphis, uh, John Moran, yeah. and, it, and it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I'm worried about the Warriors defensively when Jordan Poole and Steph Curry's in the game and then they get them in that pick and roll and now Jason Tatum is matched up with one of those guys. Do you help Steph a pool and double? Now you're giving those the shooters uh, for the for the Boston Celtics, Celtics wide open looks. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Taking your calls here on Keyshawn, J Will, and Max ESPN Radio, ESPN Two, Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas sitting in on this Monday morning. Let's go out to Dave in College Park. Dave, you're on ESPN Radio. Uh, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Okay. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I, I just want to chime on this here. I, I really disagree with you, this take on this series. Uh, I think you kind of outline all the reasons why the Warriors should be the major favorite and are going to win this in five games. This series has no chance of going six. And the reason is the fact that the Celtics have no experience on both coaching or players. Uh, the Warriors are, are getting healthy. They have a ton of experience, both the coaching and the players. And the fact the Celtics have been beat up over the last couple of series and the fact that when you look at teams getting to the finals for the first time, you can't question that the lights are so bright that it's just going to take the Celtics some time to get adjusted to it, whereas the Warriors, the, all those players, except a few of them, have been there. So they're not going to be surprised by that. So I just think that the fact that they're opening on the road after coming off these tough series, I mean, they let's be honest, guys, they played against a Heat team that only pretty much had one offensive weapon, and they almost blew it. So to me, I think the Warriors roll in this series. They win big. And the Celtics still had a great season, and they, they, they'll, they'll probably be back next year. But I just think that I, the Warriors with Clay, Andrew, Steph, it's their time. They're built, and I think they're going to show it early in the first couple of games. And I think maybe the Celtics get one game at home, but, but nothing to hang their head about. I just think it's going to be a really tough series for them to stay with, with all their experience. I just think experience wins out. Dave, appreciate the call. Thanks so much. See, there, there's points in there that I agree with, and I'm going to bring up a really good stat um, here for you guys in a moment about the Game 7 effect that 
could potentially play out here for the Boston Celtics. I mean, they've got to be gassed right now. Both se- both series that they just played in went seven. Yep. But I, the Warriors have home court advantage in this postseason in, or in, in the NBA Finals. Like, I get that. The Celtics have won seven times on the road, including what we saw last night in game seven. I don't take out any of that and use that against them. Like, they know what it's like to go into a hostile environment, have to win on the road, have to do it repeatedly. And I think there is something to be said that when some of it by their own doing, they put themselves in a situation where they have to go seven and they have to win on the road to close out teams. They've been able to rise to the the occasion and do it. Like, they didn't fold in those moments. They showed that they actually could. So... I don't think it's going to be five. I don't think the Warriors by any stretch are going to smoke the Celtics team. I will probably end up picking the Warriors to win the NBA Finals. I think that it ends up going, you know, either six or seven, a very long stretch here. The Warriors will have not run into a test as strong as the one that they're about to face in the Celtics. No, I agree. Then I'm looking at the schedule when it comes to the NBA Finals, right? The first game is on Thursday, Thursday. Yep. and then they don't play another game to Sunday. They can use um, that right? rest for Damn sure. Yeah, they don't play another game till Sunday. Then mm-hmm. they don't play another one after that until Wednesday because they have to travel back to Boston. Then they play Friday. And then after they play that Friday, another game isn't till Monday. And then after that Monday, another game isn't till Thursday. So you have time and space. And majority of it is because of the simple fact you have an East Coast and a West Coast uh, team playing against each other and the time change and time difference and whatnot. But I think it's going to be very imperative that the Boston Celtics do get their rest. And I'm assuming last night after winning in Miami, they went straight to San Francisco. So it was imperative that they got rest on that airplane, get there today, um, get some rest, go over things mentally or whatnot. But I see this series going six or seven games just because of the simple fact that the Boston Celtics play defense and they have played some stifling defense. And let's talk about who they've went through already mm-hmm. in this to playoffs. Get here, yeah. uh, Kyrie Irving, a uh, Kevin Durant, a uh, Giannis. Right, even though they were they were missing Chris Middleton, you still had a Drew Holiday. You had other guys scoring the basketball, but then you just went through Jimmy Butler, who put on a a brilliant performance in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, you think they're worried about going against Seth Curry and the Golden State Warriors? No, they're not worried about it. They're they're going to embrace that challenge. If anything, I think they want this challenge. They they don't want the easy road. I think they want it the hard way. And it's gonna. And it's, they and certainly it's, made it that way for yeah. themselves. And, and I think they're gonna they're gonna want that, and they, they're gonna embrace this moment. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. What do your home and auto have in common? They're yours, and Progressive protects them both. Bundled today at progressive.com. Mark Kestisher was on the call for Game Seven last night. ES, NBA on ESPN Radio. He joins us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Mark. Appreciate you getting up early with us. I know that that was a late night, and you are on the call as well for the NBA Finals, so you can help us set the stage. But I want to bring it back to Jimmy Butler's last shot that he took in passing up you know, his chance to drive the lane on Al Horford and going with the three. From your perspective, did that look like that was going in, and do you think that was the right shot to take? Courtney, Harry, good morning. Um, you could almost tell in my call how I was almost as surprised as Jalen Brown was. You, you heard his postgame quotes that he was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, but, yes, uh, we had a really good angle, not so much of the shot, but of the defense, which, you know, was Al Horford backpedaling with nobody else behind him. So, 
you know, my first thought is, you know, knowing Jimmy Butler and how he plays, and obviously the three-point game is not the strongest point of his game. It's, you know, his driving ability, uh, his ability to get fouled on a play like that and get to the line. So to me, it was a complete shock. But in retrospect and, you know, looking at the fact that he played, you know, the entire 48 minutes of the game, and perhaps this was going to be his last best shot and another five minutes might not have been in the cards, you know, for a guy who had been playing through injury, um, you know, perhaps it's the right call. Eric Spolstra had his back after the game. He didn't mind the shot, said it looked great coming out of his hands. Um, it just felt like they were behind the eight ball for the entire game. You know, they finally take advantage of a, t- a Celtics team that was just trying to take the air out of the game. They had him on the ropes and it just felt like if you take the drive at worst, you know, you tied. You're still not necessarily going to overtime. There was plenty of time on the clock. I mean, I think there were 16 seconds. So Boston would have had a timeout, could advance the ball, and had plenty of time to set something up uh, in in a tied game. But, um, you know, Eric Spolster had his back. I guess that's what the good coaches do with their best players who just left everything out on the floor there. But I was a little bit surprised. Mark, Jason Tatum, the superstar for this Boston Celtics team, is now 4-1 and one when it comes to game sevens. When you look at the lead in totality, where does he rank among the best players in the NBA today? He's, you know, he's cracking that top echelon if he's not already there. Are there still things he needs to learn? Yes. You know, look, it's his fifth year in the league. He's been to, what, three three of these championship uh, series without breaking through yet until last night. He's supremely talented. Um you know, he's – I don't know what numbers-wise where to rank him. I know, you know, he's going to be on the NBA – all NBA teams, which puts him in the top 15. But he's he's moving his way up there, and he's only going to get better. That's the scary thing is with all this experience he's had, um, you know, as, as the leader of this team, he's going to crack that top 10 and maybe even crack that top five. He's got the talent for it, still learning and, you know, just – in the ability now to to drag this team along to the finals, that's only going to add, you know, to when we look in rank, you know, the the current players in the NBA. Mark Kestrasher, NBA on ESPN Radio, was on the call for Game 7 last night, joining Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas on KJM. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, this collective duo as we like to refer to them as, it feels like something clicked for them, Mark, in Game 5 in that second half. And they were able to carry that over in spite of the loss in game six and, and having the Miami Heat force this game seven. What changed with them? I know that turnovers have been a common theme for this team, and especially with those two. But is there something that you noticed they were doing differently on the defensive end, the way that they played in game seven and, and kind of that carryover effect that they had starting you know, two games ago? I think uh, I give some credit to give a lot of credit to Doris Burke, who was my analyst last night, and ultimately that credit will go to Ime Udoka, the first-year head coach for the Celtics. Is you know they put Tatum in different spots offensively. You know they made adjustments right to the end, all the way. You know we're talking Game Five, as you mentioned in the second half. Uh, the two of them were quiet in the second half of Game Six uh, in the loss that forced this series down here. And again, they moved on. I'm speaking offensively now. You know, they moved Tatum to different spots, giving different looks for the Miami defense. And ultimately, that credit goes to the coaching staff and to the, the top guy, Ime Udoka, in year one. What a selection uh, Brad Stevens and the Celtics made to bring him on 
as head coach. Defensively, um, you don't question it because Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart and Al Horford, we saw that last night, and to a lesser extent, and we hope he you know, can get a little closer to health, uh, Robert Williams, because that makes them even more scary against Golden State. Um, you know, these guys have been playing superb defense since the calendar turned to January. A lot of people, you know, now we forget. It's easy even for me to forget that this was a sub-500 team and really going nowhere. At one point, I think they were 11th in the conference, you know, right before we flipped the calendars to January, and it all changed on a buy-in from Ime Udoka. He, he has their attention. He has their respect. He has the pedigree, um, you know, as a player and coming through numerous coaching staffs. And the guys have bought in, and that's the key, because they, they make those adjustments. Um, you know, they follow their coaches to a T. And I think, you know, in the end, that's what helped them get to the finals. Mark, in this NBA Finals, what matchup are you most looking forward to seeing? Oh, that's a good one. There's so many tasty ones here. I think, you know, we're always going to look for the, you know, the big names. You know, I don't know if, uh, you know, Curry and Smart is going to be your matchup. Uh, Steve Kerr has a lot of flexibility with Andrew Wiggins, the way he played defensively against Luka. If we're going to put him on Jason Tatum or play him on Jalen Brown, and you got Draymond Green back there. So, um, you know, it might, to me, it might end up being an Andrew Wiggins versus a Jason Tatum if that's, you know, how they end up matching up there. I just think uh, it, it's, it's hard, it's amazing to say with the Warriors and the old, old core of that team. And that Andrew Wiggins was the, the bridge move or the big move, you know, to, to get them an extra draft pick to become a complete under the radar, former number one draft pick to come in there. And maybe, you know, that will be the matchup that I'm looking for as, as we get set for Thursday. I can't wait to get out to San Francisco and try to parse through the minds of these two coaches and see if we can't dig up, you know, who are these matchups going to be. But it should be entertaining. Mark Keshisher, NBA on ESPN Radio, kind enough to wake up early after such a late night down in South Beach Trooper. calling Game 7. Mark, we really appreciate <laughs> the time. I hope that you can get some rest just like the Boston Celtics. Hope that they're able to get some rest here as they head out to the East Coast uh, and really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Well, the, the sad irony for me is as I leave the hotel and get a cab to the airport, I'm sure most of the folks that were having fun throughout the uh, late hours on South Beach are just getting back to the hotel now, so I'll wave on my way out. Come on, Mark. You have to start taking Uber. You're taking a cab? Let's be serious. It's 2022. <laughs> That's right. You know what? I'm going to dial up the Uber. i got to join the generation. <laughs> Mark, thanks so much. Get home safe. You got it. Talk to you soon. That was Mark Keshtesser, NBA on ESPN Radio. You will hear him on the call for the NBA Finals coming up this week. Game one between the Golden State Warriors and Boston Celtics taking place in San Francisco on Thursday. Straight ahead, one play from last night became incredibly controversial, but it took a while. Harry and I are going to get into that next here on Keyshawn, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, and ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.